welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, a leading edge insights podcast. This week, we're really excited to share our session on obliterating green stereotypes with a focus on how the generations really think, feel, and act around sustainability. In this week's episode, we're featuring GFK's North American Head of Consumer Life as he speaks with experts from Voya Financial, Church & Dwight, and Subaru for a first-hand take on whether Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, and Boomers will ever see eye-to-eye on a host of sustainability issues from electric vehicles to the circular economy. Let's dive right in. We have a panel here, and it is on uh, uh, obliterating green stereotypes, which is whether you believe in it or not, it is the future, and we have to face reality about it. We have Eric, who, as the moderator of this panel, is going to be very good, because during COVID, he took up juggling. And he's up to, he has three balls and then he's almost up to four. So I'm sure he can juggle. <laughs> I can juggle the conversation. Okay. So uh, he's the head of GMK Consumer Life in North America. He has worked in more categories and with more clients than you have fingers. Uh, and he is a seasoned speaker and I'm sure he's going to do a terrific job. And I don't want to take away any more time. And- Great. Thank you very much, Susan, for, uh, for that introduction. Uh, as Susan mentioned, I'm Eric Wagatha. I lead our consumer trends and futuring group at GFK. And, uh, you know, sustainability is obviously a topic that is not new, certainly one that's been enduring, but it's one that is continually evolving. Uh, at GFK, through our Green Gauge uh, consumer studies that have been uh, tracking and monitoring consumer sentiment, attitudes, and behaviors for over 30 years now. And we've been seeing, as you can imagine, you know, continued growth over time, some fits at spurts. For those of you who were around during the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, we definitely saw some setbacks. But actually, more recently, what surprised us through the pandemic is actually not just a, a kind of a growth and resurgence, but an acceleration of consumer sentiments and expectations, not of products and marketing, but of brands themselves. So rather than hear from me, uh, and apparently I'm a masterful juggler, uh, but don't ask for any demonstrations, you know, it's more important to hear from those who are putting this in practice. They're just uh, not just w- talking the talk, but walking the walk. So um, we have gathered here uh, you know, experts uh, in their fields across three different industries. And I think that's kind of critical to really hear the voices from our representative from the automotive, from finance, and from CPG. And you're going to see some similarities. You're going to hear some differences, challenges they have, expectations for the future. So let's introduce uh, our panel. Sure. Uh, Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Bridget Tanrahan. I work at Subaru of America in the marketing department. I'm thrilled to be here. Carrie Setti. I lead enterprise research and insights for Voya Financial, and I'm super excited to be here and very passionate topic. Hello, uh, Charles Snellings. I work at Church and Dwight. Um, For many of you who don't know, it's a, a 
company that has lots of different brands like OxyClean and Arm and & Hammer and Trojan, and I can keep going for 15 minutes on that. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to the conversation. So just to start out, give us a sense of you know, what sustainability in the broadest sense means to you in your organizations, and talk a little about what are some of the kind of current attitudes and practices that you're engaging with. So why don't we, you know, why don't we start, why don't we start with, with Bridget? Yeah, sure. So um, sustainability at Subaru is really central to everything we do from how we manufacture our vehicles. We um, were the first automotive company in the United States to uh, have a zero landfill manufacturing. It's central to our operations. So our, our office buildings are zero landfill. When we ship parts, something that you wouldn't really think about, like when we ship parts to car dealers, we use reusable packaging instead of cardboard to cut down our footprint. Uh, then of course we have our product portfolio. We've got the Subaru Solterra electric vehicle and we've got um, uh, pretty aggressive goals for our organization from a, from a product and an electric vehicle standpoint. And then the last thing, of course, is our marketing. And so we partner with organizations like the National Park Foundation, Leave No Trace, the National Forest Foundation, because it's really um, something that's important to our owners and making sure that these places are protected for another hundred years. These are the type of activities that Subaru does. So it is all throughout our business. We put uh, sustainability at the front of the, the burner of the stove, so to speak. So. Sure. So, I mean, if you think about financial services relative, you know, to other types of companies like manufacturing or energy companies, I mean, our impact, I would say, is relatively small. But that said, I mean, we certainly as a company feel like we can always do more. And so, you know, we really approach sustainability, I would say, from like four different ways, right? So, um, first, really from our actions, we call them signature actions, which, which I can talk about today. Secondly, from an employee engagement standpoint, and we have employee-led councils around sustainability, which is really impactful, not just on a local level, but also national. And then also because we are a B2B2C company, it's really from the relationships with our you know, partners, our intermediaries, our clients, and then, um, you know, fourth, in terms of the products, services, and solutions that we provide, right? So from an investment standpoint, investing more green, renewable energy, um, and internally, right? I mean, especially post-COVID, but even prior to COVID, we were embracing remote and hybrid work and all the wonderful things that come with that, right? So reduction in energy over 80% since 2007. Um, the amount of paper, right? And now we have, I think it's over 900% of our employees in, increase in working from home and hybrid work. And people are not printing at home. So, I mean, the amount of impact that we're having waste-wise has just been absolutely incredible. And internally, what we see from our employees and not just clients is that they are absolutely demanding this. And so we have year-long employee-led councils around sustainability. We provide one full week PTO, which I think is actually pretty rare in our industry, um, to employees so that they can give back to the, and protect their environments and do river cleanup activities. And we have an inspiration station. And then on top of that, with our, we literally have reduced our square footage over a million square feet since 2007, which is 
pretty incredible. But when we are building new facilities and we're renovating our current facilities, we're actually doing it with sustainability in mind. So that a beautiful facility we just built in Chandler, Arizona, sustainable, I mean, recycled materials from the wall coverings to the textiles, to the carpeting. We have solar carport that, um, that actually supplies over 30% of the energy just for that facility on top of electric charging stations. So especially when it comes to actions, I mean, this is something that we are fully embracing um, from a company perspective and it shows in, in what we're doing. And it's really just coming from our employees and from our clients and top down from our leadership. Wow, that seemed very comprehensive. Um, you know, at Church and Dwight, we, you know, since the, the overall company is not necessarily a consumer facing company, there's, there's a lot of activities that go on behind the scenes. And, and that's more driven by just the, you know, the desire of the CEO and the board to really have a more sustainable footprint in the world. So we have a lot of goals and targets that we've set internally for the impact that our company has in terms of its sourcing, its manufacturing and distribution of our products. Um, and so we're working towards, you know, 100% carbon, you know, offsets. We're also working towards, you know, the, the waste water, you know, how much we, you know, waste in that respect, how much waste is coming out of our plants, you know, how are we sourcing our materials? Where can we, you know, do that from more sustainable sources? So there's a lot of that going on, but then also within that work, we also have our brands and we have a number of brands and where it makes sense and is part of the brand story. We're also having more consumer facing activities that we kind of use to, to help kind of bring the consumer along this journey and kind of communicate with them that, that we're, you know, we're serious about this for that brand. Um, a great example is our VitaFusion um, brand, you know, because it's, you know, fruit flavors in the product, there's a big initiative and it's been going on for years where we're offsetting the carbon um, impact of our products with planting trees through the Arbor Day Foundation. And we've been working with them for years to offset that. So that's a big initiative. Another big initiative is um, we just got sort of, you know, certification for the Arm & Hammer baking soda business to be, it's a hundred percent neutral impact in terms of that business. So that was a big deal that we just, um, you know, communicated out to the world. Another place for our laundry detergent businesses where, you know, we're concentrating and reducing the amount of plastic through that concentration of all of our laundry detergents. That's both Arm & Hammer and Extra. Um, and it's just another small way that, you know, that I know that's relatively small in terms of it, but if you think about the volume of laundry detergent out there, if you can kind of get 10% of that out of the system, it's a big impact. And, and that has knock on impacts in terms of transportation impacts and, and other areas. So there's a variety of ways we're doing that, um, both at the corporate level, kind of more behind the scenes, but also a more brand facing outward communication. Great, great, fantastic. You know, one of the things we're seeing in, in our work is, um, you know, almost a generational handoff on, you know, the, the banner of, of, of sustainability and within the greater context of ESG, but let's focus on just sort of sustainability right now. Um, do you, in the work you do, consider, you know, generations or, or different consumer groups and perhaps different activities, or at least, you know, a recognition that there might be some similarities or differences across groups? Why don't we start with you? Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's something that we we have to address all the time because, you, as you say, like 
there's more accepting generations and and the baking soda example I mentioned is one where you know the the younger generations are much more supportive of this but might not know or know how to become more involved and communicate so we had with that initiative we also have worked with a lot of influencers to figure out how to communicate to a younger generation that maybe you know, hasn't really been spoken to by that brand. Baking soda is kind of like, oh, that's what my grandmother used to make cookies or something. <laughs> and so they're trying to, A, bring that brand to a younger group, but also communicate this more sustainable message so they can, you know, how do, how do we bring them along on this journey and make them more part of this conversation? So that's, that's one way. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have something like laundry detergent where you know, we're a mainstream brand. It's it's a value brand, but it it's it's a you know has a certain amount of efficacy. So you most of our consumers, you know, don't want us to make a dramatic change to that product that would either increase the price or decrease the efficacy or fundamentally change the way they use the product. So we have to find ways that we can make that product more sustainable that don't impact that balance we have with the consumer and that you know the concentration is an example of that it's you know it's not huge it's a subtle change on their part they change the dosing a little bit but otherwise they're getting exactly what they were getting before and you know we're having a better outcome there right right here you kind of touched this a little bit we talk about internally and i can imagine as it applies to to staff and, and bringing new people on board do you look that do you guys look at that in terms of your 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 principles and your activities looking at kind of the younger set or the next generation of employees? I would say absolutely, both internally and externally. I mean, we and our team certainly helps with a lot of the internal initiatives and setting up listening posts for our employees. I think the beauty is that now that our workforce is spread out nationally, we can have an impact right at that local and national level. But so we, we are listening all the time. It's continuous measurement. And we're also doing it externally. And what I will say about the generations are that certainly Gen Z and millennials, I think, are more vocal about it. But we are hearing it from across the spectrum of generations. And especially from an external standpoint, I can say when it comes to workplace benefits, they are sort of demanding this. And so Voya is actually, I think, the first publicly traded company to actually have an ESG certified retirement plan. Um, and then internally, it actually drives our continuous efforts throughout the year in terms of understanding where and how and what we should focus on as a firm. And so a lot of this, I would say, really started very strongly back in like 2007, but when I joined the firm, you know, I, I spent 15, 16 years on the agency side um, before I came. I was sort of shocked when I first showed up and there is not one, you know, disposable cup. There is, if you want water, you have to bring your own container. Um, so it was kind of alarming for me. But like you said, we walk the walk and we continuously listen and we're evolving and we are now offering products as ESG certified retirement plan. And just so you know, when it comes to retirement, our target tends to be older and they want this too. So while we do hear quite a lot from the, maybe from a louder perspective from the younger generations, I think we need to keep all the generations in mind because they are also demanding this. It's sort of moving in that direction. Culturally, yeah, I think that's exactly what we're seeing in, in our industry as well. Is that this is um, 
this concern for sustainability and this concern, this interest in purpose-driven brands and brands that are uh, having, making a contribution towards sustainability and social good is, is important across all generations. The young people are, are louder. They're driving those conversations generally. In my industry, it is the younger generations that are going to be the ones that are more open to drive the, um, the change from internal combustion engines to electric vehicles in the like non-luxury, non-Tesla. So it'll be a really interesting, at least in my business, it'll be an interesting couple of years as we watch this thing sort of play out. It's more, uh, more men are more interested. Uh, it's the younger generations because they don't have these sort of same um, expectations that people of my generation have with uh, going on uh, road trips and being able to fuel up wherever they want to go and stop. So it's a it's a really important thing that we're talking about back at our office every day. So that's actually a question I had a kind of a follow up because yeah. your brand sort of essentially has sustainability as an essence. Does yes. that is, is that a a challenge? Is it you know does it engender sort of a sitting back approach? Or, you know we have this in our position, we're good to go, or do you find yourself we still have to stay on top of this. We we're watching how consumers and issues are moving forward and we have to continuously be monitoring. Oh God, no, no, we're continuously monitoring it. And I think um I think any any company that sits back and just uh lets it unfold in front of them is is making a tremendous mistake in, in this in this new environment we're in. Yeah. And that really takes me to the the, the kind of the, the yeah. counterpart we talked about this in our pre-session. Um, you know, they're starting to be as much as there's a lot of enthusiasm, there are those because we live in an age of transparency that are asking a lot of questions and there's, you know, kind of counter stories. Uh, greenwashing is also an expression that's being used. Uh, there's discussion now that, you know, next year won't be a, a good economic year and there'll be a downturn. What do you see or what are the hurdles uh, for sustainability practices in organizations uh, and if, if there are things you're doing to mitigate that, what, what would they be in, in these situations? Why don't you go ahead? Bridget? Yeah. So for us, the, um, the kind of current situation with inflation and the, um, you know, questionable economic outlook for next year really doesn't change anything for the way that we're going to continue to go to market. So, uh, we work on very long R and D timetables, uh, we have an industry that's regulated. So for us, the consumer is moving in this direction and we're going to be there to meet the market. So our job is to uh, build more hybrids, um, build more electric vehicles. And so we've got um, a plan in place for that. Um, so we're not going to just sort of react to like the market forces. We're going to keep going in this direction. It's it's where we've been for the past like 20 or so years. This this little moment in time is not going to change anything for us. Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned, you know, the information or the age of radical transparency. I mean, today everything is visible, right? And especially you see a lot of financial services companies in the news around that. And so Voya actually joined the United Nations Global Compact Initiative back in August with really the intent to learn from other participant companies about how we can all get better. Um, and, and with that, some transparency and consistency around reporting, which is, you know, definitely has some room for opportunity for growth. And so that's super important that we continue to evolve that. The SEC is expected to issue guidelines, um, but it's something I think the entire industry really needs to be part of 
so that there is more consistency and transparency. Because today you can say you stand for something and everything, we, we say it's the era of glass box brands, right? It used to be, you put your values out there, you say you stand for something, you wrap some beautiful content around it and people believe you. But today they can look up your impact report. They can see and look at your signature actions, right? And they can say, well, really you say you stand for this, but do you? And so I think by engaging with other participant companies as part of the UN um, Global Compact Initiative, we can learn from each other and we can do better. Yeah, I mean, I, I would echo that sentiment. I mean, like, you know, we we tend to work, you know, if we're going to go out and, and, and tell the word about something, we typically will have a, you know, third party verification of that. And we'll we'll lean towards being much more conservative about what we say about our company and our brands than, than what like a marketer might typically want to say. And they, you know, and then we'll pull them back and say, no, we have to be a hundred percent sure that somebody can dig as far as they want to dig and they won't find a hole in this at all. And so I think, you know, it, while it might be frustrating for the marketers from that perspective, we, we feel like we're pretty bulletproof in terms of what we put out there to the world so we don't kind of get into that trap of like hey you guys said this but you're not really doing that um and so that's one of the biggest things and, and also to the point of like you know the the inflationary environment and its impact on us um you know longer term plans won't really change that i think shorter term we have to balance you know the inflationary pressure that's going to come under all our products but We've always had that with our value products where consumers are really constrained and we have to balance their needs with, you know, what would be the ideal situation. So if I kind of take away, sustainability isn't going away. It's only growing, getting more complex. Keep your eye on the long-term ball. Uh, adjust for crises and, and challenges in front of us, uh, but also proceed with caution because we live in a glass box world where, where everything is transparent. And, and we certainly know with social media and strong consumer mindsets that that can, uh, that can come back to bite you. So um, with that in mind, uh, so GFK will be presenting our Outlook 2023, yeah. where we kind of give you guys an idea of what we expect uh, to, uh, to expect from the American consumers next year. Please join us for our, our free webinar in December. And I want right. to thank again our, our panelists for being here today. Thank you. Once again, thank you for joining us in this episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you leave with some important key takeaways. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date with the latest insights. We'll see you next time so that you can keep thinking ahead.